Good afternoon, my unseen friends. And I think that will soon change to just friends. Uh, this is going out to everyone on the email list. So, you know, you might have noticed uh, last time you heard it was uh, unknown friends. But some of us have been getting to know each other a little bit. So it's unseen friends now. Thanks to some feedback. Hope you all are doing well on this 4th of July weekend. I'm going to get some personal stuff out of the way, and then we're going to talk. The subject today is 4th of July, freedom. The title of today's podcast is The Cost of Freedom. Today is Sunday, July 3rd, 2022. Broadcasting pre-recorded at around 11.26 a.m. in sunny Florida. So hello to everyone. Um, nice to see you again. Nice to uh, talk to you again. It's been a few weeks since I've talked to everyone. We've had some fun talks in the past few weeks, some good discussions. Uh, I want to thank people for submitting report ideas. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, I believe there's been at least two suggestions that I ended up doing a report on. Most recently, the BRICS. That was a news story that I didn't hear from anyone except from one of you. And um, I thank you. That's one of the, my, my main reasons for, for having this place with the comment section is so that I can get some good tips. Because I used to get my best tips on Twitter. I had some good connections there that uh would send me things and now i don't and then i've lost that that account and then uh that was taken away from me and then facebook was probably the next best one and i deleted that account on my own just you know for mental health i suppose um but that is one of the things i miss from facebook is some of the story suggestions. So this is it now. I, outside of me, you know, scouring the internet for the um, aggregate news sites, you know, and there's only there's only really only a small handful of them that that are you know unique. So thank you for that. My last report, I took some liberties and did some. Things that I normally don't do, I guess you could say I attempted humor. But to be honest, it was more, a friend of mine described it as sardonic. I, I, I looked it up to make sure, but I kind of knew what that word meant. And, uh, and I would agree with that. I think that was more of a cathartic video for me than, in, than any video has been for a long time. Like I... I just, it was fun. It was a fun thing to make, that video. And a lot of it, if you could tell, was a little anger, a little frustration, you know, for what's going on right now. And, I mean, also, how else can you react to such a crazy story? And it's like, who knows? It could just be some wackadoodle, uh, you know, meat makers that figure robot and AI is the way... It, to, uh, you know, butcher meat in the future, you know? I mean, that's kind of like the same path of factory farming. Factory, I'm no fan of factory farming. 
you know, so that's not really a step. And then the idea of thinking it's green because you're like turning all the animals into fuel when you could be using good old fashioned oil, then, uh, I don't know. It's, it misses me on, on all points and it does, I'll be honest to me, it does look a bit, a bit like Soylent green or more of a cleanup operation. And what it looks like to me, knowing what we know now today about the power that economists have in shaping the world, I would imagine some econ economists were trying to figure out the most effective, efficient way of disposing of a bunch of dead bodies. And that's what they came up with. Hey, we could burn them as fuel. That does not sound crazy anymore. Just evil. What else? Uh, before we get into it, really, I just wanted to mention also, keep up. I've been talking about for the full email subscription. I don't know if any of you heard about my pursuit of Orthodox Christianity, orthodoxy. But today I visited the third church, so I guess this is the third week in a row where I've been exploring it. What happened was I discovered the writings of Father Spirit and Bailey, which I'm still reading. Next on my list is Father Seraphim Rose. And what I found was that I've never, well, first let me say I've never had a good experience in a Christian church, in any church really. Um, growing up I had bad, you know, I had, I had w wicked uh, experiences and, and wicked authoritarian examples in the Catholic Church growing up as a form in my formative years, as many people can relate to. And even after that, I would explore. I'm very, because I've always, ever since I was a very young child, uh, my earliest memories, I've had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's been my spiritual um, I don't know if the word practice is even right. Relationship is really the best word I can think of. And uh, even though from the very youngest ages, I didn't trust the church. I considered the, tr the church to be anti-Christian uh, since my youngest ages. And I, because of my relationship with Christ, I sought out, uh, I, I questioned that. I was like, Greg, come on, you're being, you're being over-emotional about it. There are good churches everywhere. You just grew up in a bad one. So, you know, I checked out other ones, I, and I found a lot of stuff. I found one that I'm pretty sure was, like, straight-up Satanism, just hiding, you know, and uh, this and that and the other. So, anyways, the beautiful thing about America is uh, the freedom of religion, right? So, it's like, I don't care what religion you are. Some people might get triggered because you're not the exact same religion as they are. Well, that's, that's called insanity, you know, because we live in a world, uh, we live in a wild, wild world. No one is exactly the same, even the people in your church. And I get it. You, There is a... There is a, we're going to get into this. There is something very strong about wanting to be with like-minded people, especially these days. Everyone knows that. Everyone, that's all everyone kind of wants, I think, these days, is just to be around people that, that are at least their kind of crazy, you know? I'm just trying to be diplomatic about that, but. But, um, the but because it's not, that's unrealistic. That's utopian, you know? Uh, and even if that is, it's possible, anything's possible, but even in the realm of possibility, we are millennia, millennia, millennia away from that, I would say. At least, no, there's no, no one in their lifetimes. So, so what do you do? This is one of the reasons why orthodoxy um, 
resonates with me is basically throughout my 45, 50 years of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I came up with certain beliefs that as far as I was concerned, I just came up with on my own. I actually don't know where I came up with them. I studied all religions, not all, there's a lot, but I studied all the big ones and I got pretty deep into a few of them, Tibetan Buddhism and uh, yoga, but yoga is not a really religion. Yoga is a practice. Yoga is a body practice. People have made formed cults around it, but it's really just body knowledge, mind, mental knowledge, mental. It's good information to have to understand how your body works and stuff like that. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, throughout all this study, I had uh, Jesus Christ as my guide because that's my personal relationship. You know, that's who I'm getting on my knees to, every, you know, no matter if I'm in a yoga shrine or a Buddhist temple or whatever, you know, just trying to figure stuff out. So I don't know where I came up with it. You kind of see it everywhere, my basic faith. My basic faith, in a nutshell, is to be present all the time. Sober and present is the goal. And mind your own business. And don't mess with no one else. Do unto others the whole thing. That's basically it in a nutshell. Orthodoxy puts it very well. Orthodoxy puts it to where they, they, they say that martyrdom is the most important thing. And in the most simple sense, martyrdom is, is, not be, is professing your faith, not being afraid to profess your faith, saying, yes, I do believe in Jesus Christ. That is my, that is my faith. That is what I strive to practice. I went decades without ever saying that. And uh, mainly, I don't think it might have been, I don't think it's fair to say that I was hiding it. I was embarrassed by it. I mean, maybe I was a bit embarrassed by it growing up in America. But more than that, it was just personal. Once I, I don't, the reason I say I don't think it's because I was embarrassed by it is because the reason I started professing it was once I started realizing that there seems to be, I, once I started noticing the trend going on around me in America where it was like, oh, people are being told to hate Christians, you know, and it's working. You know, like I, I've watched people in my family turn into atheists just because it's the trendy thing to do, you know. So once I started seeing that, the natural defiant personality in me immediately I said, okay, well, I'm going to start saying it more. And uh, so I just thought of it as from a sense of like a loyal dog. You know, I, I, I tend to identify as my spirit animal. It's like a loyal dog. And so I was like, oh, you're going to you're going to like attack my people for no reason. Well, I'm going to start speaking out. Um, but um, orthodoxy calls it martyrdom. It's pretty cool. And they're saints. Most of them or a lot of them are saints who were murdered for their faith and refuse to renounce it, which is pretty badass. So there are many reasons why immediately I found the orthodoxy to be mine, you know, like the, the, as far as a church goes, as far as a community goes, as far as a, a, a practice, a tradition as far as a traditional practice that can be taught to other people, which is, I guess, a religion, right? Um, very different from a personal practice, in my opinion. But as far as that goes, I've, I have found after 50, well, to be fair, I'm f almost 52, but I haven't been seeking that long. But, you know, I've honestly probably been seeking since I was five because, 
in my in my head because I've had a relationship from at least age five, and I was going to church from that age, a church that I I opened my mind to. I tried to, you know, feel at home at. It never worked. So anyways, but the beautiful thing about religion is, is just because I say that orthodoxy is, is it, and just because I say that orthodoxy is the true Christian practice, <laughs> doesn't mean I'm not full of crap, you know? That's a beautiful thing about America. That's the beautiful thing about about the idea of individual freedom is because my opinion doesn't matter. The only person that my opinion has any meaning to is myself. And now if I had a wife and a family, then my opinion to some degree would matter to them, but very, to a very minimal degree, more in a, just a sort of a, you know, political social structure. Opinion is very personal. It has to do with your filter. No one has the same opinion. You might think they, you might think you do, but if you start digging deep enough, you're going to find out that they're all different. So, moving on into the subject. Well, the, I guess the one thing I'll say first, leading into the subject, is no, I have, to, I have some notes here. I did prepare. Okay, so we're, we're about to jump into The Cost of Freedom, which is the title of today's show. Through my personal experience with the orthodoxy. And uh, before I finish that up, I do want to say one of you guys, um, I can't remember who, but in the comments, was raised orthodox. And if you're listening, I remember you said at one point that all orthodox is the same, because I've been... That's one of the things I mentioned I've been trying to explore and for myself. And what do you think about Greek Orthodox? Because I went to, today I went to a, like an official Greek Orthodox church for the first time. And I actually went uh, late on purpose because the, the last two I went to, which were Antioch Orthodox, which I believe is more like Russian Orthodox, but I'm not sure. They were two hours long. And I don't want to sound like a wimp, um, but I uh, went to the, the one I went to today was more local, and it was straight up Greek Orthodox. And I deliberately went late, about a half hour late, thinking I'd get an hour and a half in. And uh, to my surprise, the, the, the mass only lasted about just over an hour. So I like that about it. <laughs> Um, the priest didn't talk personally enough for me to get a gist of their, um, you know, where they stand as far as like the tyranny that we're experiencing right now. That's kind of what I'm going for is a community that's at least staying on top of that. Cause that's very important. That's today's subject. And, uh, and the last, the first one definitely did the second one. I feel they are they are saying they're aligned because they're of the same lineage, but the Greek Orthodox is de I think it's definitely a different lineage because he was talking about bishops, so they have bishops. <clears throat> I think that's different from Antioch. So, anyways, you tell me. You said all Orthodoxy is the same, is it? Probably. At the end of the day, the thing is, is um, I'm not really looking to get into the rituals. And if I had, uh, if I had a family, I probably would. I think that's a good way to raise your kid is 
because it's a good way to teach the kid to sit still and and have some discipline at a young age. Um, but what I'm looking for is to serve others. And I, as a paranoid person, I find it difficult to just give money to charities because I don't know where that's going. And, and I, you know, I, I, I'll admit it. I'm very quick to assume that everyone out there is a scammer. You know, I have a low opinion of humans, especially always have. And especially lately, lately. uh, And that's my own fault. I think I, I keep setting myself up for these hopes of some type of massive miraculous human awakening. And uh, when it fails to come, I'm just, I'm just disappointed and and salty (laughs) and I make stupid videos. Um, but so the way I see it is if I can find a, if I can find a local community church of like-minded Christians who, who also believe in things like the courage of standing up against evil and the courage to stand up for what you believe in and, and just the simple, humble principles of, you know, being a good person, then the way I see Sunday Mass there is then I'll start getting involved like I can you know volunteer to do the dishes I can give money to church I can uh, you know I'm sure there's always opportunities to offer your skills to help out uh, other parishioners other people and that's I think the best way to um, be charitable at least from my point of view is I mean I guess it doesn't matter but I I don't know I think you get what I'm saying so and that's a hint, that's a foreshadowing. The idea of serving others is a foreshadowing of today's topic. Or the heart of today's topic. And, and you might have caught that I've said that I'm looking for an opportunity to serve. Meaning, I'm not really doing that now. I mean, I'm not giving money to any charities. I'm not like volunteering for local things to help people. You know, I'm basically just focused on my job and my own health. I'm living a very selfish life. So I humble myself in today's topic because I am not, um, I am a sinner, you know? And this is, uh, today's topic is something that I find, I think is very important for me. And I think, I honestly think if the more people that practice what we're going to talk about today, selflessness, the world will just fix itself up. The world's kind of waiting for that. And it won't change unless we do that. Like, we can't just sit around and do nothing and hope. That's uh, the quickest way to the abysmal hell, <laughs> you know? So, um, and uh, moving on, uh, the, the word sin used to be triggering for me too. I'm sure it's very triggering for a lot of people. And it's here's why it's triggering is because anyone any other human who points their finger at you and calls you a sinner is sinning while they do that. You know, that's a sin. You're you're not to That's one of the other things I love about orthodoxy. In my opinion, this is correct. So the first thing in orthodoxy is martyrdom and then the second thing there's only two. Martyrdom and the other one I can't remember the 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 elegant word that they use to mean this, but it basically means um, teaching the word. Now, it doesn't mean converting people. It doesn't mean like forcing people. It doesn't mean like manipulating people. It just means 
offering the word out there for those who are hungry, you know? So if you're going to point your finger and call someone a sinner, you're, you're committing, you're being a hypocrite. You're being a Pharisee. You're being a piece of shit, you know? So it's understandable why people have a, have a trigger to that word. But someone on a recent podcast pointed out that um, in the comments, and I think I've heard this before, but uh, I looked it up before I um, did the podcast, but they pointed out how another word or the root word for sin actually means missing the mark, failing to listen is another thing I found for another translation for the original word. Missing the mark, failing to listen. I like them both. I like failing to listen a little bit more because that, that's my biggest sin is I do have intuitive guidance, which I, I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit or not. I'm not completely sure, but I, that sounds right. A guidance of where, of what I should be doing, my conscience. I guess that's my conscience. I don't know if that, maybe that's not the Holy Spirit. Intu- in, intuition, conscious, whatever. I've had that my whole life, and my only real problem in my entire life is failing to listen to that thing, that voice. Because one of the things I, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. One of the things I've become acutely aware of in life is that if I had, if I were to have listened to that voice every time, I would be practically perfect. <laughs> And what I mean by perfect is I would mean like I would have made the right decision every time. My life would be dramatically different right now. Dramatically. Um, Usually when I would make the wrong decision, I would say things to myself like, well, I got to learn the hard way. Like I, in a way I knew what I was doing. I knew I was like, "Eh, I I know you're telling me this is the right thing to do, but I'm just not going to listen. I'm just going to ignore you. And even when I got into believing that that voice was a voice to be trusted, like even today, I don't listen to that voice. A lot of the what I, the main reason I probably don't, I would say straight up, the main reason I do not listen to that voice all the time, the reason I fail to listen, the reason I sin, well, that sounded weird, <clears throat> sounded emotional, but it wasn't, um, or maybe it was hidden. Uh, anyways, my main sin, my main failure to listen is out of laziness these days, maybe always, but these days for sure. And that's another big foreshadowing to, to today's topic is laziness. You know, for example, well, the perfect example is uh, I know I need to have a regular daily regimen of exercise. And I have that regimen because, it, you know, I'm, I've been having my cycles of up and downs between um, listening to the inner voice and disregarding inner voice. For my whole life, you know, the cycles have gotten, I'm flattening the curve, you know, the extremes are much less. It's not nearly as bad. So I do, I am improving. I am walking up the staircase in my own crazy way, not bragging. And I could do a lot better. I, I fail to listen. I sin. Okay. So isn't that neat? That's all that word means. And it makes sense too. I don't know why Christianity, the only reason Christianity gets such a bad rap is because, well, one is because of all the assholes that we know in our lives who, who try to hide behind it for their bad actions. And that's just 
because the majority of us grew up Christian. You know, if the majority of us grew up, and I, any of you, if there's anyone out there who grew up Buddhist, I guarantee, I, I'm sure you would agree that the same thing applies. You get because that's human nature. So if you grow up in a community that's all Buddhist, you're going to have assholes that are using that tradition to hide behind, hide their bad actions before. It's obvious. I mean, it's why wouldn't you? That's what assholes would do. And so to lead into July 4th then with the religious, in this case, Christian, in this case, specifically orthodoxy, Christian orthodoxy. Which is really, I haven't even mentioned the main purpose of Christian, the main practice of Christian orthodoxy, which is humility and and recognizing your own sins because the only way you can not miss the mark is to pay attention and focus the only reason the only way you can not fail to listen is to listen and then and and overcome your own sins as best you can it's it's not easy and so you practice at it like every day. It's like bass. Bass guitar is like my new uh, joy in life that, you know, where I can just turn off of all the darkness in the world and have fun. And um, I've been playing guitar my whole life, but so, so I'm picking up bass quickly. But there are a lot of skills I'm learning that I've never had, like the double finger, mainly the double finger. And the, the only way you can get good at it is one through you know, practice. And what is that? That means you have to be present. You have to pay attention to what you're doing so that you can see your weaknesses. See, okay, I keep missing that. I, I'm not getting that. I just keep missing that. So I keep practicing, keep playing, focus, patience, love. Because you don't want to start getting all emotional and mad. So chill, patience, keep going, keep going, keep going. And the more you tune into that present moment, the more it's kind of uh, compelling. And you just keep going until you get it. And, and there's a certain, uh, there's a good amount of gratification, in my opinion, when you get it. I'm sure everyone would agree. And then, you know, it's short, it's very short lived. So it just keeps going. It really never ends. You know, like the path I'm on now, I'll be ready to find a good drummer in about a year. If I can keep on, if I have the luxury of, or I can keep practicing the amount I'm practicing right now. And then, um, and then I'm at that level, you know. And then there's always going to be a level and a level after that. You know, that's life. So it's. It's an inner, it's a personal practice, you know, and it's, um, and it's the only thing we have any power over, you know, like there's a lot of people that get hung up and trying to manipulate and control and have power over others, but they, that's ultimately going to fail. All you're doing is bringing evil into the world by doing that. How can you tell if you're evil? Well, there's two ways. You are either 
you are either um, avoiding your present moment through whatever distractions that is to where you're basically just wasting your life away. Lost in, uh, I don't know, drugs, pleasures, whatever. Or you are <clears throat> keeping someone else from being present. So in other words, you're, you're, you're doing evil if you are avoiding, if you're not staying present, if you're not paying attention, if you're not, you know, doing that work, that just day-to-day work. It's as simple as really fetching water and chopping wood in our modern era, you know, and being present while you do it. And not being lost in your imagination and head. That's one way of being evil. The other way is to deliberately try to stop someone else from doing that. You know, by deliberately trying to distract someone else or mess with someone else or screw with someone else, whatever, you know. You live and let live and you get to work. That's it. It's that simple. We're not that complicated. So church, the other interesting thing about church is one of these churches, I noticed they had the exact same double-headed eagle that you see in like the Scottish Rite symbol of Freemasonry. And I found that pretty interesting. So I looked that up online, like what's the relationship between orthodoxy and that symbol? And it said that symbol is a typical symbol for empire, which I didn't know. And specifically the tradition of orthodoxy uses it because of the Byzantine Empire, which I guess historically the Orthodox Christian Church was the main religion of the Byzantine Empire. And so I pondered that for a little bit. That's interesting. What's empire doing in a church? And then I realized uh, today, I think, that, I mean, it's really simple, actually. It makes perfect sense. Because like I was saying earlier, it's all about really personal practice. Christianity really is about personal practice. It's about a personal relationship, and it's deeply about that. You can't argue that. You can't do the work unless you're in solitude, basically, in prayer, ultimately, right? Alone, because the group mind actually interferes with this. The group mind sets a whole other tone. And so what exactly is church then? You know, I was saying earlier that church is an opportunity for me to serve others, to serve a community. That's now we're getting into a social structure, so a community, a political structure. And at the very base, so what is a church? First you have man, then you have woman. Man plus woman, now you have children, now you have a family. Now this is the most organic, natural, human social structure there is, is a family. Man plus woman equals children, family, boom. They'll have a home together. They'll have a life together. They'll have each other's backs. They, they will be deeply entwined politically. That is where empire stems from. Well, that's where church stems from, right? That's the whole purpose of church is to bring these families together into a community a community of shared values, which is very important for families. It makes life, especially a shared value that uh, is about um, individual freedom, that is about, you know, love. 
and one that the practice of humility and, and addressing one's own sins results in a community of people that are trying to be good people, trying to be Christian-like. That's the whole point of church. And then so what is the logical next step from there? Empire. The Islamic religion understands this very well. I mean, to them, it's all the same thing. It's a, there is no difference between, you know, is, when it comes to Islam, Islam is empire. So you could have a debate there, but um, I mean, well, I guess the difference, that is one of the biggest differences with America is America is a melting pot. America was a place was, even though um, it is true that it was founded by people with a Christian faith, Christian-based faith, it's not a Christian, I mean, and it's based on the foundations of, of the Bible, um, which definitely makes it, I guess, more Christian than anything else. But it was also those those founders included some weirdos and some wackos and some cults and stuff. And like today, that's why the country is crawling with cults, you know, because of our, well, one is because of the freedom of religion, which is nice. And the other reason is because of the whole 501s, the whole nonprofit. And if you can get the there's a certain nonprofit where you don't even have to disclose any information. It's, it's retarded. That's retarded. That's stupid. We don't need that. We don't need all these laws. Freedom of religion is fine. That's good enough. All this nonprofit stuff for churches is bogus, in my opinion. That's a whole other subject. <clears throat> and so we talked about, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, we talked about sort of the history of freedom and how if you look at if you really look at history we've never been free the closest we've come to being free has been in the past few centuries really since america um it was you know everyone talks about america and the slaves <laughs> the slave the slavery would have never ended if it weren't for the bill of rights and the american constitution that's a pretty common sense argument. Before um, the Bill of Rights, nothing like this ever existed. If you go back in history, even recent history, there's always been a ruling class made up of the wealthy elite, whether it's royalty or oligarch or whatever, it doesn't matter. And if you really look deep into it, they're all related. It's like, you know, all the presidents of the United States, except with the exception of like a dozen, were all related to King Charlemagne. <clears throat> now, they're all intertwined. It's always been like this since Babylon. Some people can go really weird with it and say that there's like uh, non-humans running us and that these families are just the families doing the, the, the Judas goats. I don't know. That's a common story. Could be. It makes sense. I don't know. But, I mean, we've never really been free. There's been empires known to be more kind to the lower classes. I'm in the lower classes. I don't know about you. I've always been in the lower classes. I'm actually, uh, for the first time in my life, um, in the past 
few years, I've been uh, upper middle class, I think. At least middle class. I don't know. These days, it might be upper middle class. Everything's sort of sliding down. <clears throat> but that ain't going to last long. I mean, uh, there's definitely one way or the other. Even the best case scenario, we're going through hard times before, you know, getting... You know, Reformation is going to have to be done sort of grassroots organically if we're going to beat this thing. So that'll be a good, fun challenge. Best case scenario. And so that's really what happened on July 4th. July 4th, uh, I did a report on this too, just trying to get into it, like how important it is. Like a lot of, I think that's one of the issues is a lot of, we've been so dumbed down that a lot of our fellow Americans just think of it as just, it's just a different form of government. It's no big deal. And, and those things always change and it's time to now evolve. But if they were paying attention, they would realize that no one is, is, is offering us like the next plan you know like you can't just get rid of something like the first and second amendment without saying well we're gonna we're gonna get rid of it but we're gonna replace it with this more advanced you know evolved up-to-date thing no we're not there because we're still like a bunch of dumb humans and we're not that advanced and uh, one of the biggest problems is that a lot of us think we are. And that's from the selfishness and laziness that has put us in the situation that we're in right now. So, yeah, July 4th, um, I'm not celebrating it because I don't feel great about it. Uh, we're not free. The only thing to celebrate this weekend is that we were lucky enough to have, been, to have inherited the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. Two things to anyone, the natural law and the Bill of Rights, to anyone who's paying attention, realize that these are extremely unique things when it comes to our history as, as human race. And at the rate we're going now, we're going to just lose these things, which I think is the biggest failure this is probably why it's good that I'm alone right now because uh, I'm a salty cracker, you know? I've noticed the few interactions I do have, I, I probably come off like a real angry person. Because I am. I'm very angry at people, myself included. I'm angry at the fact that we are... Because I can't think of a bigger failure than to allow this incredible inheritance that we were entrusted with by being Americans, to slip away. When I, th the entire world is counting on us to do the opposite and to prove their value and to prove their worth. And we're failing that. <clears throat> Slipping into a completely out-of-control, violent dystopia like a road warrior, Middle East situation is not a success. That's a failure. That's a major failure. So how did that come about? How did we get here less than 300 years from one of the most spectacular moments in all of human history? 
really since then America has been under attack by basically the British Empire which I think in the past was a speculation but I think we're seeing that clearly now it's the uh, it's basically the British crown the the commonwealth you know the you know we there's a lot of stories I don't know the specifics that uh back in the 1800s basically we sold out to the crown so we haven't really been independent you know through banking we've been indebted to the crown for years and so we are part of the commonwealth whether you like it or not we have a much more in common with canada in that regard we are both still under the thumb of the queen that's become completely evident right now as the entire as you can see who's being uh who's all falling for the same orders you know of this whole COVID thing. Well, it just happens to be the crown, the Commonwealth and the, and the USA. And the parts of, and the EU that is basically the crown. So, yeah. We're not free. But this is our opportunity. I still have I still have faith. And it's not about, you know, this is another thing. I think uh, a friend of mine, I kept talking about how we, the people, have to do something. And I believe that. If we don't do something, then it's all gone. If we just sit around like we're watching a show waiting for some good guys to show up, then we deserve to, to go the other way. This whole thing is is waiting for us. And so I, a friend of mine thought that I was just talking about like ultraviolence, like just killing. <laughs> and um, so I just want to be clear about that. Like, yeah, it might, the, the, um, the ruling class elites will probably inevitably bring it there. And so, yes, you could say that eventually, inevitably, there will be a period of violence. But that's a result of simply the martyrdom, of simply standing up for what you believe in, standing up for what's right. That's the First Amendment. Showing courage, just saying no. That's what we're failing at doing. That's been our failure, is that we have shown cowardice or laziness or selfishness, something. Whatever it is, it's not good. Whatever it is, it's a sin. Whatever it is, it's a sin. Weakness, cowardice, selfishness, laziness, doesn't matter. None of those things are good things. If we were good, righteous people, and I'm including myself because all I'm doing is making videos. You know, I decided I want to get involved in politics as soon as I decide. If I stay here, wherever I move next, I want to plant my roots and get involved in the city council so I can walk the talk. Because lately in my reports, I've been suggesting that to others because I, lately I think that's really the only thing that's going to change things is to really start getting involved. Everyone, whether you're monitoring or volunteering or participating or whatever. So I want to do that just because I want to stop being such a sinner, you know? 
Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times, right? You've all heard that. <clears throat> and so, for whatever reason, this really... I don't know when it started. Maybe just the modern world. Maybe we just need to adapt better to the modern world. Who knows? But, you know, we don't have to chop wood and fetch water anymore. I like saying that. Fetching water and chopping wood is one of my favorite little things to say. Because when you think about that, it wasn't that long ago. And some people still live like this. Where all year round, almost every day, every day you got to fetch water and you got to chop wood. Those are not simple tasks. Now, fetching water might be. I mean, it's a little... Depends on how far you got to go to get it. But And you know, chopping wood might not be that bad either. You know, but still, the point is, is, is uh, you had to, like, earn your life. You know, if you didn't do these certain things, you would die. You know, there's no one there feeding you. You're not a pet. You don't have an owner. That's not what a government is. Your government isn't there providing wood for you and delivering water for you. That's your deal or you die. You know, we've kind of lost track of that. And so it's very easy for our egos to get convinced that we are all these super special superheroes better than everyone. You know, it's, it's very easy for us to do that because we, we have the luxury and the comfort to get carried away in our heads. And as I said earlier, I think this is, this is a great sin. You don't want to get carried away in your heads. You want, to, you want to, you know, what do they say? Idle hands are the devil's best friend or something like that. I'm, I know I'm saying that wrong, but if you're not, I can speak for myself. If I don't keep busy, I become lazy and selfish. And then it spirals downward. That's why I've been playing bass is it's just, uh, I need to, and I still have time to film, you know? I'm still working on filling all my time. Ideally, I want to have an entire full, like, no free time. <laughs> That's me, you know? Because I do have an active mind. I want to keep, I got to keep myself busy. <clears throat> and we see this everywhere. This is the problem we we're suffering from. You could call it selfishness in one word. Where did America go wrong? We became very selfish. And it's probably because we've, we were afforded the time and the luxury to, to become selfish. You know, we were, an, we, we were given a choice. Like I said, there was a time when there was no choice. You had to get up and chop that wood and fetch that water. And that alone was probably enough to put a person in a more humble state of mind. Which is really what we're striving. I mean, if you can stay in, in a humble state of mind, you're doing... Not just yourself a favor. You're, you're, why are you doing yourself a favor? Because in, in a humble state of mind, you can stay more focused, stay more present. Because you want to overcome your flaws. You, wanna, you, you don't want to be a burden on others. You want to be a blessing for others. You want people to be... Even your ego wants that. Even your ego wants others to you know, to be more happy that you're alive than annoyed that you're alive, right? But there is a thing called cause and effect. 100%, whether you call it karma, 
whatever you call it, it is a law of our social political of our actions, not just of a it would exist even if we were alone, which we're not. At least not those of us listening, I would say. I live a hermit life. I pretty much am alone, but I'm not alone. I live in a city. You know, I live with other people. I am, I am intertwined with them, whether I socialize or not. And so there, if we want freedom, then we have to to act free, first of all. That's one of the costs. What is the cost of freedom? Well, one of them is independence, and that is a cost. And that might mean, for some, getting off the grid and actually chopping wood and fetching water. That is independence. That is freedom. Doesn't have to be that extreme. I would like to go that way as far as living independence. I would like to live off grid. Um, I would like to do it, you know, I, wouldn't, I would like to have my water uh, source nearby and piped in and have hydropower and all that good stuff. So I do want modern comforts, you know. So I'm not saying you have to, you know, you don't have, we, they're, they're, the, the thing is, is in, in living in these comfortable times, you can create uh, effective things to do. I think a lot of us do. I would imagine a lot of, most of the people listening, listening to this today would agree. You know, you got to keep busy, whether it's hobbies or work or whatever. One of the biggest problems with all these crazy people, and that's what it is. These are, these are the mentally unfit. These are the miserable people that are the ones out on the streets through mass psychosis. It's outrageous. It's like where uh, it's like those hypnosis shows you go to and you watch like a few people in the crowd get hypnotized and made a fool of, which has always been kind of strange to me. But now we're seeing that on a massive scale. And so Christianity was replaced with New Age, which is another selfish versus self. Like Christianity is based on. really a selflessness it's learning it's a the whole practice is based on how learning how to maintain humility by recognizing your own sins like a samurai that's how i like to compare it to like a samurai you can see this virtue in samurai films and in just the samurai culture the idea is 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 um learning how to master something and almost dedicating one's life to it, or at least your free time to it. And, and you can't master anything without focusing on your weaknesses. It's the only way you can master anything, whether it's your human person, or a bass guitar, or a samurai sword. You have to focus on the weaknesses and grind away at them until they don't exist anymore. And then you're going to find another weakness that you can grind away on, right?
And that's, uh, you know, that's a lot of work and uh, it doesn't feel that good, you know, because people would rather just, uh, we have a natural tendency, I think, to sort of adore ourselves and be celebrated and our ego just wants, you know, to be praised, you know, and told nice things and you're a good person and you're really clever and you're really good at that. You're really smart, you know. And so a new age uh, affords these things. It allows you, it allows you selfishness. It allows you laziness. It gives you excuses for selfishness and laziness. It, it tells you that you're basically a god or a goddess and, and all you have to do is sort of think about things. That's how powerful you are. You just have to sit home and think about things and, and, and don't stress out and just think about things that make you happy and everything's going to be great. And that's not helping anything, <laughs> you know. If, that, if everyone were doing that, then I can guarantee you exactly where we'll be in a few years. We'll be dead, and um, this place will be being uh, run by uh, the economists. That's exactly where we'd be, where we'll be in in five years if everyone decided that they're just going to hope as hard as they can and use our magical godlike powers to shift the reality. <laughs> I mean, I went down that road when the secret came out. And I believe there is a lot of truth to that. As I'm sure we all know, there's a lot of truth with that. Everything starts with a thought and thoughts do have powers, but we live in the physical world and our actions are the most important thing in this world. And that should be common knowledge, but it's not. Thanks to our our hard times full of, of, of luxuries and comforts and, and uber food and I don't have to do anything. I just have to pull my phone out and spend money has made us selfish and lazy. And, um, I'm sure the, uh, the elitists, think that that's their excuse to just kill us all because it's like well what good are we we're just a bunch of selfish lazy pets like even like we're acting like pets but not like there are some pets that there are a lot of pets that are not selfish and lazy <laughs> you know like actually to be honest i think most pets are overwhelmingly sort of grateful to their owner for giving them the comforts of not having to fend for themselves out in the jungle and stuff like that right I don't know. That's been my experience. And sometimes when dogs get old, they get a little moody and bitchy. But but we're a lot of us. We're not just pets. We're selfish and lazy. And I would say that the reason we're selfish, selfish and lazy as pets is because we're not supposed to be pets. So the selfishness and laziness is really those are symptoms of of the evil that we're committing. That is evil. It might not be as evil as Messing with another person. I'll give you that. But maybe it is. Maybe it is just as evil because you're messing with yourself and you're all, you are a person. You know? So maybe it is just as bad. And if you really want to get into it, like, you know, I'm not the body, I'm not the soul, I'm not the mind, immortal self am I. We are the soul. We are the spirit sort of riding around in this person, this animal. 
that's kind of how I see it. And if that's the case, then maybe that is true. Maybe selfishness and laziness is just as evil as, as messing with another person because you're messing with your person. Your person didn't come. Your person, your 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 spirit isn't here to just sit around and lavish itself. <laughs> you know, I don't think so. Mine isn't, and I don't think yours is either. Because I can see the result, and the result is everything that's happening in the world today. Because if we never got, if we maintained vigilance, and if we maintained a selflessness, where we were more, fo- we were at least focused on spending some of our time on a regular basis, helping others, serving others. And, and a lot of people think they're doing that and they're not. Like a lot of people decide what exactly other people need and then they force that on other people. That's not selflessness. That's selfishness. That's you deciding what other people need and you forcing it on them. Selflessness is, is finding out what people need by listening to them and then giving them that selflessly. Even if it's... Even if you think they need something else, you ignore that part and you give them what they want. Cause and effect. Yeah, cause and effect. We see this... um, Laziness and selfishness in uh, the communist aspect of all this, the communist, the organized communist part, which is mostly we'll see in the college colleges, college professors are the intellectuals, if you will, (laughs) which is a funny word of the uh, communist takeover. And when you think about it, this is a result of. Selfishness and laziness. Like, I thought about this when I went. I went to college later on in life, and I just went for two years. And I, I went for curious. I was curious to see what other people, what people are officially learning on certain subjects that I sort of went down the rabbit hole on. It was fascinating. I, I could do a whole podcast about that because I learned. I was not disappointed at what I learned. But what I learned, what I, I didn't call it this back then, but I saw the communist revolution in the schools. I saw the propaganda. Every class I took was, was way more propaganda than, than knowledge. But uh, who are these college teachers teaching it? These are like the most, some of the most selfish, lazy among us, right? Like, because I remember when I was in school, I was thinking like, I was like, wow, it would be such an easy gig to just, because school is an, is an easy gig. Going to school is an easy gig. Learning and studying and passing tests is fun and easy. And it doesn't take that much time. And it doesn't require a lot of exertion. Like, I worked construction for the, a, a good amount of my life. So I know hard work when I, when I see it. College is not hard work. So I was like, man, you can make a career out of this, you know, you could, whether that's just staying in school all the time, getting masters and PhDs or become a professor. And there's also some kind of, you know, to be a professor also, you have to sort of choose to be in an environment that's full of young kids, young people. I don't know. And I don't necessarily, I don't think I, I don't believe that I live, I'm surrounded by saints, you know, 
I tend to think I'm more surrounded by sinners. And so, I don't know. These professors are, are really, they're sort of, uh, not all, obviously. If you're a professor, God, I'm, I'm sure you're a great person. But, I, I, but if you're a professor, I, I bet you're not going to argue with me that, that the, that the um, environment favors that. The environment is going to attract sort of not just uh, the lazy, selfish attitude, but in particular, one who likes to have a certain authority over others, one like an intellectual authority, even if they don't have it, right? Because when you think about it, if your job is to study one subject over and over and over and over and over again and take the same tests over and over and over again, the fact that you are an expert on that does not really that impressive, you know? So it doesn't really make you that smart at all. It's like, uh, makes you like about as smart as a well-trained dog. Which is fine because there's not really, none of us are really that smart. And I'm not, not that I can tell. I haven't really met anyone who's that smart. <clears throat> what would I know? You know, I'm a big dummy too. So, it's normal that, that the colleges are going to already have this sort of... I mean, that's what Karl Marx, you know, the Communist Manifesto, if you look into that guy's life, he was, uh, he was smart enough to write words on paper, but he was just a lazy, selfish dummy, angry, who like, was figuring out ways of manipulating others and, and blaming others for his selfishness and laziness, you know? which is ultimately what communism is. It's madness. It's insanity. It's all evil because it's all about messing with other people. That's evil. You can't uh, force a, a whole uh, ideology on people without messing with it. It's the ultimate way of It's actually the ultimate evil. So that's our issue in here in America. And so why is selflessness better than selfishness? Well, in one reason, it's because we're not alone on an island. That's one reason. Like our actions affect others, whether you like it or not. That's, that's probably one of the main reasons, is so that we can be less of a burden on the people around us and actually more of a benefit to the people around us. That should be a goal, in my opinion. I'm not the best at it. Like I said, I don't feel like I'm contributing that much at all. And I want to change that. The most I'm contributing is by not messing with other people at this point. And that's good. You know, I think for some of us, that's good enough. But we should strive, always strive for more, selfish, more selflessness. And I think there, even if you were alone on an island, I think um, selfishness would breed getting in your head too much, going mad, going crazy. And how do you avoid that? By being present and prayer, God, humility. These things will keep you in a balanced state of mind, present, vigilant. Vigilant. That's the thing. Even if you were all alone on an island, it'd be like mastering the bass guitar. If you want to become the best you, then you have to become vigilant. You have to become, you can't just be daydreaming about someday magically becoming 
the thing you want to become. You can't, you can't just think about the thing you want to become. You have to actually focus on the reasons why you're not that thing without like getting down on yourself, you know, with love, lovingly see all your sins and your weaknesses and be like, all right, got to, got to fix that. Got to fix that. Got to fix that. You know, I'm working on uh, a new baseline that I'm very, I mean, every, every new baseline is exciting and fun. And, and it's like, uh, even when you figure out the notes and you're even, and even when you're able to play them in time, then there's even then the feel, at least for me, you know, so there's all these, there's all these failures all the way, all along the way that you have to focus on. And if you don't focus on those failures, you're just never going to fix them. And then once you fix them, it feels great. A feeling of accomplishment that is very fleeting. (laughs) So then you just have to keep going and keep getting better and better and better and better. And, 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 and I, that's really my religion. That's what makes, all of this makes sense to me. It's the only thing that makes all of this make sense to me. <clears throat> and today, it's like everyone is selling their person, their face. Instead of You know, instead of really trying to perfect that person, they're just whoring it out, pimping it out. <laughs> Not everyone, but it's become, well, I guess what I'm saying is that's sort of where our culture is leading us. You know, with OnlyFans and Instagram and all these things, there's so many people that instead of actually trying to find a skill or a meaningful life, then they're just like pimping out their person. That's not a good thing. That's just going to lead us deeper into this slavery that we are going into. We are going into a slavery, a very modern, advanced form of slavery. I think a lot of you would agree that we've always been in a, we've always been in a, in a certain level of slavery. Now, the good news is that level of slavery has been getting less and less. And that trend, I still do have hope that that trend will continue. But it's going to require... It's going to require us to take action. And once again, let me reiterate, if I'm not saying that means uh, we just go out there and start shooting. Uh, no, it's going to require us to stand up and, and do something, to actually do something, to actually get involved, whether that means get involved in your local government or form your own little community group and talk to everyone or, or, or just go to a church and help people in your community, just help other people. It could be that simple. Just get out there and help other people. If that's all you can do, that's all you got to do. That's enough. There is no excuse. We can all be doing something other than being lazy and selfish. Virtual reality is like the ultimate evil of this. And that's why they're pushing this. That's why we see this whole meta thing being pushed by Facebook and Zuckerberg. Because think about it. Going into a virtual reality is, what did I say? You can tell if you're evil by if you're avoiding your own present moment or if you're manipulating someone else to be, to avoid theirs somehow. Whether it be through straight up putting them in chains or just constantly messing with their head. It's pretty simple. And that virtual reality is, the, that's the ultimate version of that. Because in, in one sense, you're betraying, you're turning your backs on everyone around you because you're going into this like fake world 
which is really your couch <laughs> or your bed or whatever, a chair, whatever it's going to be. That's really what you're doing. You're just sitting there. And you're turning your back on your own life because you're just saying, you're just saying, ah, screw it. Real life sucks. It's too painful. I'm just going to, I'm just going to completely ignore it. Full on evil. I was saying how sin gets, is a trigger word when really it shouldn't be because all it means is failing to listen or missing the mark. Evil is another one. Evil is another word that I think is often misunderstood. And uh, that's why I like the context I'm putting it in now is because what I thought was interesting is evil is the word live backwards. And in this sense, that's exactly what evil is. Because what's living? Living on an individual basis is listening to the inner voice within you and listening to it by responding to it and, and following your conscious, doing what it is your conscious is guiding you to do. And that requires be here now. That requires being present. That requires not going off in, into virtual reality or into your own imagination or whatever. That means stay focused. That means chopping that wood and fetching that water, doing the work. And on a social level, it means being less, uh, not being selfish, being selfless a little bit at least, at least trying, at least helping. Not, and definitely not messing with others, definitely not messing with others. That's living. And so the opposite of that in the English language is evil. Kind of neat, right? And that is what evil is. Yes, living your life in meta is evil. Probably the ultimate sin. And like I just said, arguably just as bad as messing with someone else. That's it. Be here now. Situational awareness. Someone left a really good comment, uh, I think, last week or the week before on the importance of situational awareness out in public because we were starting to move into a more dangerous world. And they were giving some really good tips on how to be situationally aware. And this is a good thing. If you do feel like you drift off in your head a little bit or if you spend too much time on your phone and you'd like not to, this is actually probably a pretty good down-to-earth way of learning some tips to how to do it. Like I talk about meditation and yoga and stuff like that. If, the, if you're not into that or if, if that's a trigger for you, then uh, Google or search situational awareness. And you'll find a lot of good tips there that, that you can practice. Now, a lot of what you're going to find are things to keep yourself safe from predators so that to keep yourself safe and aware so that you're not a victim. But all of it can be applied into your life 24-7. Because the same things that you would practice to be situationally aware out in public to protect yourself is basically the exact same thing you're doing in your, when you're all alone and you're just trying to avoid drifting off and doing nothing, you know? And if, you, if your reason is because you don't have anything else to do, I would highly recommend finding something to do. And that really could be, like I talk about bass guitar is what I do. Flower arrangement could be it. 
you know, any kind of craft, collaging, journaling, anything. Just keep, keep yourself engaged in something in the present moment. Prayer is an excellent one. I mean, actually, I, 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 uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someday I find myself into an orthodox monastic experience because I've been drawn to that in the past. I, you know, I lived in a monastery for three months and a yoga shrine for three years. There's something um, about, about dedicating one's life to spiritual practice that I'm very drawn to for whatever reason. So I wouldn't be surprised. And now that I found orthodoxy and there's a whole monastic tradition there, I, I'm already finding myself drawn to it. And so really prayer is probably the ultimate form of vigilance, proper prayer, because proper prayer, you're not losing, you're not going off in la la land. You're not trancing out and channeling demons. <laughs> you know, you are uh, present. And the whole purpose of the focusing on the breath or the meditation or the um, prayer, the, the repetition of certain words, it's all about keeping your focus and not drifting off and being vigilant, present. Be here now. Timothy Leary, I think, is famous for saying that, be here now. Or maybe it was uh, Ram Das or something. But um, that's really it. That is, uh, it's, well, it, that's, that's the state of awareness that you want to be in. And then once you're in that awareness, there is a lot to be done that could make the world a better place, that could preserve our freedom, not just here in America, but in Canada. I know a lot of my listeners are from Canada, and I think Australia, too. Canada and Australia are becoming acutely aware of the fact that they are not free, that they are run by the crown, That's a problem. A lot of people realize that's a problem for our, you know, for our future children. It's not a good thing to leave for our future children. We should do something about that. Especially now that the crown, the ethos of the crown is revealing itself to be really just as ugly and evil and bad as all of us conspiracy theorists were saying for years. And Americans are realizing the same thing, I think. I mean, the, the, the difference between Canada, America, and Australia, and uh, the UK, I'll throw that in there too, is and all the countries going through this. All the countries of the world, really, because all the countries of the world are going through this to a certain degree. The only difference between everyone else in America is that we have this already in our... We have the lawful remedy that exists. We're just not doing anything about it yet. We're just sitting around like domesticated pets, hoping that someone else will eventually do something about it. Now, obviously, there are people doing things about it. There are. And maybe you're one of those people. I don't feel like I'm one of those people yet. I feel like I needed to do more. Um, like I said, I'm just making videos. I think, um, I think that's good, but that is my job. So I think I need to find something in my own free time to serve, to give back to my country. Uh, and like I said, that's going to be for me in getting more involved in the city council, which now that I'm saying it out loud, I think I'm going to have to, uh, even though I don't know if I'm going to stay here, I need to go there and, uh, and just observe. Because that's, like I said, that's part of getting involved. Just keep an eye on it. 
I understand there's some city council members in here in Naples, Florida that are most likely still in the whole George Soros pay thing, right? And I'm sure those, those people are probably easy to spot. So maybe I'll do that. I'll just do my own little curious investigation, see what's what. All right, folks. I hope you're, I do hope you're enjoying your 4th of July. Like I said, my recent video was a, a sardonic, uh, cathartic way of dealing with sort of my anger and disgust towards all of us. <laughs> but I still love us all, even though I feel like disappointed in, in how simple-minded we are and how lazy and selfish we've all become. I still deeply love us all, and I really want us to overcome our selfishness and our laziness, and I want us to be the best that we can be. I want us to become like, like beautiful, vigilant people, healthy, vibrant people, living our best lives, growing every day, climbing up that stairway every day, as hard as life can be, sucking it up and doing the right thing. That's, that's what I'm hoping for, and I know the only way we're going to get there is through my actions and everyone's actions, the more people that actually start doing more than they're doing, in my opinion, unless you're already doing, unless you're already exhausted in every moment of your day doing the right, you know, and, 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 and these people do exist. And uh, that's my goal is to be a master. Like there, I do believe there are masters out there and a master would be a person who does have all these things I'm talking about. They're already, every moment of their day is already full of of vigilance and selflessness and, uh, and, and working away at their own sins. Yeah. These people exist. There are a lot of them. I want to be one of them. Okay. I could go on for on and on. I think I already went over uh, well over an hour. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. I hope you're, hope you're enjoying your fourth. If you got tomorrow off, enjoy it. Uh, may God bless us all. May May we really show our love for each other because there is, that's where the magic is. The magic isn't in, in hoping for it. The magic is in expressing it. And, and, and may, may all of us just start expressing it more because then we're really going to see the beauty that we want to see. And that does, that could be ours. I really do. I really do think, even if it comes back to a little bit of chopping wood and fetching water, I think that's just going to make everyone uh, richer in every way. That's it. That is the uh, podcast for today. Thank you very much. And I will see some of you guys next week. Enjoy the week, everyone.